Hi, welcome to the Neurosec podcast where we unite people and organizations to support and advance neurodiverse people in cybersecurity and beyond to make the world more diverse and inclusive. My name is Nathan Chung, and today my special guest is Sandra Erickson. She is a SOC analyst. Welcome, Sandra. Thank you, Nathan. Thank you for having me. So this, uh, to start, what do you do in your current job and why do you like it? Uh, yeah, so as you said, I am a SOC analyst. Um, being a SOC analyst is uh, all about protecting that internal environment of uh, the company I work for. Um, it could be everything from phishing attempts to detecting malware, um, also things like, you know, logging in from unknown IPs. We just basically protect the, the insides of the company. Um, and what I love most about it, I think, is I actually come from a consultancy background. Um, so I, I actually love the practical parts of the job and really getting my hands dirty and, and I can see the sort of the product or the results of, of the work I do straight away, which I find really interesting. Um, I think that's, and also working with my team because my team is absolutely amazing. They are, uh, really good people and I learn from them every day. Great. Um, so next up, when did you first learn that you have ADHD and like the, did you get a formal diagnosis for ADHD? Yeah, uh, my story is quite interesting. Um, as I come from Sweden. Sweden is quite open with ADHD. They are quite aware, uh, especially with mental health. Um, so I think I learned myself or I noticed myself, maybe not particular ADHD, but I, I learned myself that I was different and we were having a kid in my class who had ADHD and the teachers were like talking about um, what it was and, and how we could help uh, as you know the the rest of the um, as the rest of the um, the class and I came home to my parents and I said you know I think I think I have ADHD and um they did not believe me. Uh, they did not understand what it was. I think this was 2000 and uh, how old? Uh, 2003. So, you know, it was way back when it wasn't heavily researched. And um, yeah, uh, I did get my formal diagnosis when I was 25 years old. Um, so I, I walked around for 14 years knowing something was different. And it was a uh, it was a struggle getting to that point, but um, yeah, I was formally diagnosed with ADHD when I was 25. Yep, great. My journey is similar. It's, it's hard because with these mental health conditions, it's a lot of people like us, we, we know something, we know we're different, but it's really hard. <laughs> Next question, the cybersecurity is often described as being a great field to work in for people like us. Do you feel that having ADHD makes you better at work? Mm, not necessarily maybe better. Um, I would say that I have a different viewpoint um, and I maybe interpret um, information differently than my peers. So not necessarily better, just different. Um, but I do agree with you. Um, I am a full advocate. I used to work in the bar restaurant industry. And one of the reasons why I want to come on this podcast is to give, you know, the ADHD kids out there um, a bit of a nudge that cybersecurity is a field where everything is constantly changing. And that is so stimulant for someone like us. So it is actually the perfect work area 
uh, that won't strain on your physical health in terms of you know physical bodily uh, like um like it won't strain on your physical body and it will actually help stimulate your your mental um state and yeah i just want to just want to point out that it's a really good shout for people that have adhd to actually look uh further down the path of um especially cybersecurity but also it in general great and you have a really good point because I think even in some, how do you say, official research documents, there is a strong correlation between neurodiverse conditions and, and cybersecurity, they're making it a really good field. But one thing I learned is the importance of not pigeonholing people. Like, and that makes sense because yes, it's a great field for, for people to go into, into, into like IT and cyber, but at the same time, there are so many other fields like art or just, just so people can uh, enjoy being creative. Overall, the next one is that accommodations are often essential for neurodiverse workers, but sadly, many do not know about them or not even not, and they're not even comfortable to ask for them. Have, in your experience, have you ever asked for accommodations, and what was it like? Were you comfortable asking for accommodations? Um, I've actually never asked for them, um, but, uh, and speaking of, you know, I've only had two jobs uh, in cybersecurity in the restaurant industry. There was nothing, nothing like that, of course, but um, both of my managers, when I told them I had ADHD, immediately um, thanked me for sharing something so personal, but also can affect my work, but also asked me, you know, do you know that we have accommodations? Do you need me to look up what they are? Is there anything you need? Um, but a part of growing up with ADHD and especially undiagnosed ADHD, I've always had to fight for myself, if that makes sense. So in a way, I kind of wanted to say yes and, and ask for, you know, what accommodations were available. But at the time, I actually declined and said, no, it's okay. But if I do need anything in the future, I'll let you know just because I didn't at that time feel like there was anything extra that I needed. Um, working from home has given me a lot of space for myself to actually be able to focus and to, you know, to take my own time to read through things. And it's really helped. So I think that working from home has really, really helped with, with, um, with someone like me who has ADHD and have a hard time concentrating. Um, but it would be something that would be, you know, I have been offered it. I've just haven't, um, maybe felt the need to explore it. Great. So among neurodiverse conditions, ADHD is one of, one of the most prevalent. With ADHD, what, have, what has been some of your greatest challenges and how did you overcome them? I think my biggest challenge is being misunderstood constantly. Um, also, um, always being asked, you know, to step in line. Why are you different? Why can't you be like everyone else? Why are you so sensitive? And um, I think my biggest challenge has been accepting myself. And lis I've, I've listened too much to other people and what their opinions are. And I think that, you know, with female ADHD as well is is very, very different from the, and now I'm talking in in, in gender non-gender neutral terms, but um, they, the science has basically 
recorded situations of female leaning ADHD and male leaning ADHD. And it's not until recently that female ADHD has taken a bigger place and actually being more understood. Um, the way I overcame it was I woke up one day and just said to myself, you know what, do you like who you are? Um, are you okay with the person you are? Do you feel like you have good morals? Um, are you kind to other people? Yeah. If if people don't like you or they misunderstand you, one, everyone can't love you. So just don't care about it. Continue you doing you. And the second thing I promised myself was to be vocal about ADHD, talking about it in a manner that can make other people understand because I've found I've finally found my voice with my ADHD and I, I feel like I'm able to explain it in a good manner. And I feel like I can make people understand um, by speaking maybe a neuro, like neurotypical language. Um, so that's also something I do to overcome it is just to educate and try to explain to people why it's different. What is it in my brain that doesn't work that makes me, you know, do something that isn't normal to a neurotypical brain, if that makes sense. Absolutely. And thank you for being an advocate. And a lot of things you you talked about, it is so critical to talk about all these issues and to spread awareness because in the past and even now there's still a lot of negative stigma around neurodiverse conditions such as ADHD. Because quite frankly, people just didn't want to talk about it. So it, it's really great that you're talking about it and spreading awareness. Uh, what tips do you have for others who have ADHD and uh, especially for uh, coping day to day? What tips do you have? I think my biggest tip is research and knowledge is power. Um, one of the things is, you know, you're doing this podcast, uh, which is helping people um, see you know, different people that have different success stories, um, talking about how ADC is, uh, you know, helping them. Another tip that I would like to give is um, the ADHD side of Twitter is amazing how much information you can get from there. And also YouTube videos that can teach you about ADHD and teach you about why, why the things happen that happen. And with that knowledge, you also because something that is so normal with ADHD people is that we get a side effect of anxiety because we blame ourselves for everything that happens. And having that knowledge, understanding why things happen is the first step to to taking action into either, you know, changing what happens, uh, changing your reactions, or actually just accepting that they're there and that it's you. Also, something that is super important is surrounding yourself with people that accept you for who you are people who understand ADHD, who wants to learn about ADHD and isn't just, you know, some people just don't want to understand and those people are never going to be good for you. Of course, you can have people around you that have different feelings about different things, but surround yourself with people that support you and try to lift you up because as a person with ADHD and especially the more uh, female version of it, which is more internalized, which is more, you know, you push yourself down more, you push yourself down enough. Don't have people around you that also do the same, you know, have people around you that help you lift you up and that is supportive of you. Um, I think those are my biggest tips. And, and on a more general note, don't be so harsh on yourself. We're only humans. And, you know, we have to 
we have to, it's a long way to figuring it out. You know, I'm 28. I've had my diagnosis for three years, um, but I've known it since I was 11. I still haven't figured everything out. I'm still learning stuff day to day. Um, but yeah, don't be so harsh on yourself. Surround yourself with people that support you and that want to understand and knowledge. Just read and read and read about it. Yep, that, those are very great tips, Sandra, and very inspirational. Because quite frankly, for many of us who have neurodiverse conditions, sadly, a lot of people they just don't know they, that they have it or understand it. And tragically, uh, a, lot of them, a lot of these people are alone and it leads to depression and or even worse. So it's, it's really great that you're spreading awareness. And on a side note, I'm just curious about what, what 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 is it like in in London right now during during the lockdown? Um, yeah, as you can imagine, it's it's uh, it's uh, completely alone, and lockdown has been very harsh in the UK. I think I calculated that out of like the the last twelve months I've lived here. Um, I think we've had two to three months that have been more so free, and then the rest of them have been complete lockdown can't even go out um for me um it's been really you know it's been good and bad um i i have been visiting a lot of like tourist attractions uh around london uh, when we have been allowed to go out for you know that one hour exercise and they like trafalgar square has been completely empty and it's been very relieving for someone with adhd who has an issue with impressions and i I really have an issue when there's too many people in one tiny space. So it's been really um, interesting to see these places completely empty um, at the same time as, you know, it scares me and it's been bad for me because I, I moved to the UK in March last year. I haven't been able to make any friends. I have been completely isolated in my apartment with my partner, um, which has been it's been really good for me because I've been allowed to, you know, rest, but it's been really bad for my social side because I am actually afraid for what's going to happen when lockdown eases and I have to get out into the normal world with all the impressions coming from other people, you know, London Underground's going to be super busy and I don't know how I will be able to readjust to that type of society. Um, and I also do want to note, you know, that the pandemic is something very, very, it's just a horrible thing that's happened. But for someone that, and I can also maybe like tie this in with people who have social phobia, um, who also have an issue with, you know, going out where there's a ton of people. Um, I'm not in any way saying that it's, it's, you know, it's been a good thing, but it's been, it's been interesting to to see that, if that makes sense. Absolutely. I, I, I miss London, but kind of like what you said, uh, especially for the capital cities, they, it is, they are very crowded. So I do not miss the crowds. I do miss London and especially, especially pub food. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And, and another thing that came to mind is that you, that you brought up is how during the pandemic and and with the lockdown, working from home has been great. And I'm very happy that some global, or many, many global organizations throughout the world have recognized the benefits of working from home and how it benefits, actually benefits people. Because like, kind of like what you said, the 
for many of us, the transition back to was where, like, we're term this going back to normal and and uh, going back to the office. So for some of us, it's it it might not be a good thing to go back to the office and <laughs> go back to how things were. Like, but for me personally, I would prefer to keep working from home because I just similar to you, I just feel more comfortable. I can take my time. It's, it's just much better for my mental health and and I don't crash as much. Okay, and overall, that, that was my last question. Sandra, thank you. Thank you for all your tips today. And thank you for your yeah, time. Yeah, thank you.